It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets podcast. I'm Walker Mail. No Doug Branson or Nada Edwards today. Nada and Doug both tied up in some other things that they have to do. So I think they'll be joining us back on Thursday. But today, it'll just be me. And today's show will focus entirely on the Charlotte Hornets schedule that was released along with every other single NBA team schedule on Friday. So the league coming in out with that. We had some leaks, some Christmas Day games that were revealed, but we didn't have every team schedule in its entirety. So we'll focus on the Charlotte Hornets schedule all show today, and I'll be doing it by month. So I'll look at it through October, through November, so on and so forth. I'll hit the big moments through each month, the things that are worth noting And then we will continue to go on down the schedule as well as hit some of the overall schedule stats that come out, like how many back-to-backs they have, how many rest advantage games do they have as well. So you make sure you are following us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Hornets and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Lockdown Hornets. You can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug at Doug Branson, L-O-H, and Nada at Nada the Scribe. So again, we'll hopefully... Be joined again by them on Thursday to share some of their thoughts about the schedule and to see if they have anything to note that maybe I forgot to add in today's episode. So let's get right to it. Let's go through the month of October a little bit earlier than usual. I I was looking at it, uh, I believe, just a couple of years ago. Maybe last year it opened up on October 26th. So a week earlier, they opened up on October 17th this season. The Charlotte Hornets open up with the Bucks at home on October 17th. They've opened up against the Bucks two times already. 
They've done that in the last four years and won both of them. So hopefully that trend continues. We can go back to two years ago when Roy Hibbert actually had somewhat of a big impact in that season opener. And then you can go back to, I think, a couple of years prior to that one where the Charlotte Bobcats or the Charlotte Hornets would win in overtime. So again, they've faced the Bucks a couple of times within the last four years. This will be the third time in the last five years that they've played them in the opener. And we'll see if the trend continues. The second game they've got in October, they see Steve Clifford quick again. They'll go to Orlando the second game of the year, and they'll see their old head coach. So you wonder how that relationship works out within that game. October, already an important month, though, and not just because every single month is important in the NBA, although true, I'm not going to give you that cliche. October, already important just for none other reason, for no other reason than the fact that they play Miami twice, a team they're certainly going to battle for a playoff spot that month, and they don't play Miami again until March, where they also will play them twice. On top of that, every team they play in October is in the Eastern Conference, so Every single game they play is within a field that they're battling to fight for a playoff spot in. They have a four-game road trip after the Milwaukee opener, and five of the eight games are against playoff teams from last year. But again, two against the Heat, so they have a real chance to get off to a good start in the month of October. Two back-to-backs. One is the second and third game of the season, so you won't think that doesn't have a really. You wouldn't think that has a true feel of a back-to-back like it would in the middle of the season just because it's taking place so early they're already rested up so perhaps you don't have the effect of a back-to-back because it's so early in the season just traveling within the state of Florida from Orlando to Miami October 26th and October 27th they go from Chicago to Philly so still early in the season but starting to get in the swing of things so perhaps you're starting to feel a little bit of the effects of a back-to-back that late but probably not all that much. So again, two back-to-backs in October and just one within uh, really the second and third game of the season, one against Steve Clifford and then just traveling to Miami after that game against Orlando. So overall thoughts on October, it's an important month because they play Miami a couple of times. Every single team they play is in the Eastern Conference. It would be a good chance to jump off to a good start. Hopefully they can do so, and then that would bring them into November. November, they start off with a three-game homestand that leaks in from one game starting point in October. So they have a four-game homestand in all, three games at the start of November. They have three separate three-game homestands this entire month, including two four-game homestands. So that leaks in from October and into December on both of those ends. They have a three-game road trip from November 9th to November 13th. And when you look at the teams that the Hornets play, it doesn't look too bad. The Hornets play the Cavs twice, and they play Atlanta three times this month in November. So the rest were playoff teams or are going to be fighting for that eighth spot. And the Cavs were a playoff team last year as well. But obviously, with the LeBron James departure, you feel a lot better about Cleveland than you had in the past. But again, two against Cleveland and three against Atlanta. So five winnable games in that month of November. And one other thing to take note of, they do play the Oklahoma City Thunder twice. One interesting thing about the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Charlotte Hornets is that the Hornets have defended Russell Westbrook really well, especially last season. They played the Thunder twice, as you would assume so, and the Hornets beat the Thunder, holding Russell to 10 of 22 shooting and four rebounds in the first game. And the second game, they lost by 10, 
but they held Russell to 10 of 27 shooting on just 25 points. So under Steve Clifford last season, the Charlotte Hornets defended Russell Westbrook about as well as you possibly could, considering this is a guy that averages a triple-double. You wonder if James Borrego, the new Hornets head coach that comes in this year, takes a page out of Steve Clifford's book, or you wonder if he wants to go with his own game plan, a guy that coached with the San Antonio Spurs and Greg Popovich, who saw Russell Westbrook a lot out there in that Western Conference. Interesting to see when we get to those two games how James Borrego will defend Russell Westbrook if he does some familiar things that Clifford did that worked well against the Thunder. Or we'll see if James Borrego decides to take a page out of his own book. Just one back-to-back in November, and that's at the end of the month on the 25th and the 26th. So that's an entire month before you get a back-to-back after the last one um, that you experienced at the end of October on the 26th and the 27th of that month. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We have podcasts on nearly every team in the NFL, NBA, MLB, and fantasy sports. Just search your podcast app for Locked On and your team to get more podcasts. We'll be back after the break. We'll continue on marching down the schedule for the Charlotte Hornets in 2018-2019. Next up on the docket is December. Thanks for listening and stick with us on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Did he go with Myers Leonard as his first comparison as a big man hitting from the three-point line? Oh, I mean, did I say Leonard? I meant uh, Miles Turner. Okay, <laughs> you did. I think okay. you said Miles Leonard. That was Leonard. on me. Good, sorry about that. That's a bad mistake. I know when I think shooting big men, Myers Leonard is the first guy that comes to mind. Absolutely. I was thinking Steve Clifford and I might be Hot the shot. same wavelength. Hot shot, there. Myers Leonard. <laughs> that's that's his nickname. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Hornets. If you like what we're doing here, make sure you're checking out what else the Locked On Podcast Network has to offer, including Locked On Panthers. Host Bill Rossetti is getting you ready for the preseason with news and analysis from Charlotte to Spartanburg. Spartanburg actually just ending uh, yesterday. So the Carolina Panthers about to enter the second week of preseason with the Miami Dolphins game on Friday. So we'll see how they do against the Miami Dolphins here at Bank of America Stadium, the first game at home of the preseason. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Panthers. We're proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering the biggest local stories in every single market. We're covering the Charlotte Hornets schedule as of right now. We got through October and got through November. Some things to like. 
for the most part between both of those months. We're not getting to the hard ones yet. We're going to stave off the tough month for just once more, and December is going to come up. It's not as tough as January will be when we get to that one, but the first three games of December are against Western Conference teams. But the big thing to notice is the five-game home stretch in the middle of this month. And, and I think the particular thing to notice about this five-game home stretch is all of the teams did not make the playoffs last season. Now, one of them is against the now LeBron James-led Lakers, so you can put that as a good team that they're going to go up against. But the other games are against Detroit, they're against New York, and they're against Cleveland, who lost LeBron James. So a stretch to take advantage of there if they hope to make the playoffs December a, a crucial five-game game, uh, five homestand for them right in the middle of the month. Not only do they have that home stretch, they also play the Nets twice in a row at the end of the month. Brooklyn, not as bad as they had been in the last couple of years, but still a team that you would expect a good playoff team to beat. The Charlotte Hornets, if they hope to be that, they'd have to beat the, the Brooklyn Nets. Steve Clifford, he makes his return to Charlotte for the first time on December 31st, right before we get to the new year. And then you look at this month as a whole, two back-to-backs on the 14th and the 15th of that month, as well as the 28th and the 29th. So we'll get to the tough one. January looks to be a tough one. And I saw Doug tweet this out immediately when the schedule was released on Friday. I got to look over it last night, and he wasn't kidding. This is going to be the toughest month for the Charlotte Hornets. We get to January. It includes the West Coast road trip. So a six-game road trip from January 5th to January 14th. I will say it is manageable. Denver is the first game on the docket. Then you go on the road to Phoenix, the Clippers, Portland, Sacramento, and San Antonio. So with the West being so strong, that West Coast trip, it could look a lot uglier. Now, they play both Phoenix and Sacramento twice in January, so at least they play two of the worst teams in the West twice in that month. They don't play their first Eastern Conference game until the 20th against Indiana, who is going to be a good team this year. Charlotte goes on another three-game road trip, but nothing further west than Memphis, and they have two early back-to-backs within a week of each other at the beginning of this month. So... A tough schedule traveling-wise for them with two back-to-backs at the beginning of the month and at the beginning of the month, they're going to be on a six-game road trip. It's tough. The competition isn't crazy hard, but the travel, the rest, it, it is going to be. So we'll see how much they can get through January unscathed. That Doug pointed out, if you're going to be a playoff team, that stretch is going to be crucial. Finally, we get to February. February start, starts off with a three-game homestand, then a four-game road trip, followed by another homestand of four games. So they end the month against Golden State and Houston, both at home, so a rough way to wrap up February, and they have three back-to-backs in this month, including two within a week of each other to start the month off. So February may be sneaky tough, but it's not like it's January when you're going up against that kind of a travel schedule. February, you're going up against some decently easy teams. Atlanta is one of them. As we mentioned, they play Atlanta three times when you get all the way back to November. They'll play them for the first time since November in February on February 9th. They also play at Dallas. They play against the Clippers. They play against Chicago. They play against Memphis. The Memphis-Chicago-LA stretch, that's all at home. So that's not too bad. 
And then you go back to the other homestand they have after the four-game road trip. It's Washington and it's Brooklyn. So winnable games there, Washington tough. But the Hornets can play Washington pretty well, as we've seen. But then the last two games to end February, it's Golden State and it's Houston. So two games that are going to be tough for any team to win, nonetheless the Hornets who are just going to be just going to be fighting for a playoff spot here in the East. All right, that takes us all the way from October through February. We'll take another quick break, and then we'll come back to end the rest of the schedule. We've got March, we've got April, and then we've got kind of an overview on some of the stats compared to what other team schedules look like throughout the rest of the NBA. Also, I want to touch on some comments by Dwight Howard. I'm sure you guys have heard of it, uh, but if you haven't, stick around, and I'll mention some of what Dwight Howard had to say, uh, what he had to say, and what we all can discuss about Dwight's ambitions, at least what his trainer uh, told us that his ambitions are. Stick around on the Locked On Hornets podcast. I'm Walker Mail. We'll come back with more next on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're going to talk about Jim or Jay Laranega and James Borrego. Should get the first name right. (laughs) Well, maybe that one I should get. Actually, his real name is James but they call him Jay. We'll call him Jay too. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Welcome back. We appreciate you listening here today. Just myself, Walker Mail, no Nada Edwards, no Doug Branson. It looks like they'll be back with us on Thursday, but just tied up in some things they got to do. So, again, we'll hope to get them back on Thursday, as well as Pete Gwilly. We tried again, trying to bring him on today, but Pete Gwilly tied up in all of the things that the Charlotte Hornets are doing right now. So, hopefully, we can get him on later in the week and talk about that court reveal, the classic court that everybody's losing their minds over, as well as maybe a little bit of the schedule and uh, probably more so of him just looking out at his office window, looking at some of those players that are working out, stay on the grind, never give up all that good stuff that he's always tweeting out for us um, with Devonte Graham, Kimba Walker constantly out there on the practice court because that's what the good Charlotte Hornets do. And Pete Gwilly, sure enough, he's going to remind us of those guys working out. So we're on March right now after going from October all the way through February. We'll get to March, and March they have a three-game home stretch, followed by a four-game road trip, then followed by another three-game homestand. So again, kind of sequential like February was with no intermittent play until you get to the end of March. They play Miami a couple more times this month. Again, they didn't play 
Uh, they would not have played Miami at this point until they played them in October. So a lot of months in between the Charlotte Hornets and Miami Heat playing each other, which again are going to be two teams that are going to be pinned up against each other just as they have been really the last few seasons or so trying to make a playoff spot or fighting for seeding in the Eastern Conference playoffs. So they play Miami a couple more times. They play Washington twice this month. They go on a shorter West Coast trip at the end of the month, which leads us into April. This one might even be tougher than the big one they have in January. They play the Lakers, Golden State, Utah, and New Orleans, all on the road. So that's going to be a tough test towards the end of the season. So not only do they have a four-game mini West Coast trip that they have to take part in at the end of the season, but two of their last three games are on the road. Now, you look at the two of the last three games on the road. They are winnable games. They'll be playing Detroit, then Cleveland, and then they come back at home for the season finale against Orlando. And something funny about all Orlando, it's not just that Steve Clifford is going to be coming back to Charlotte once again for the season, but that is actually when finally the Charlotte Hornets will get their only nationally televised game on ESPN. They have a few games on NBA TV throughout the season, but the only nationally televised game that they have where everybody's going to be able to access it for the most part at least is going to be the very last game of the Hornets regular season, April 10th against the Orlando Magic. The NBA broadcasted games are going to be January 14th on NBA TV. I'll start this in sequential order. So it goes the November 9th game against the Philadelphia 76ers. That's on NBA TV. Just a couple of days later, they play Cleveland at Cleveland on NBA TV. That's November 13th. Then they play the San Antonio Spurs on the road on January 14th, and that one's on NBA TV. So if you want to guess, maybe, I guess, get technical, they have four nationally televised games, but really it's only ESPN. The NBA games don't really count. So the ESPN game, it's the last one, and by that time, who knows what they're going to be playing for. It could be a fun one with the Hornets having a win-and-get-in situation. Hopefully it's they win and they get a higher seed situation. Hopefully we can get that from the Charlotte Hornets this year. But that's the schedule, and you look at the all, all the back-to-backs that they have throughout the regular season, they have 15 in total. 15 does tie for the most in the league. They're tied with the Knicks and the Wizards for the most back-to-backs in all of the league. Now, they do have 20 rest advantage games, and that's a game where they are on more days rest than their opponent that they're playing at the time. That's tied for 17th in the league. They have 18 rest disadvantage games, which is good for 8th best in the league. So not exactly on one end of the spectrum or the other as far as the rest advantage games go, but they do have 15 back-to-backs, which I get. I saw somebody point this out on on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken, but they do have a lot of weekend games, and that's fine. Of course, you're going to look at that from a business standpoint and really hone in on that part of it. Of course, the Hornets are going to take all those weekend home games, but you look at the back-to-backs just as far as a playing standpoint, just as far as how much it's going to wreak havoc on their body, that's the one that doesn't look so good. There's a reason we all look at it. There's a reason we all try to go to that specific stat. It's because it's waning on the body. So back-to-back games, tied for the league's most. It's not exactly a good thing that you get from any particular franchise that you're a fan of. One quick thing also in March and April, there's only one two-day rest from March 15th through the end of April 10th. So maybe at the end where things are getting tight, trying to get into the playoff race, 
not only do they have that four-game West Coast road trip, not only do they have two of the three games on the road to end the season, but they only have one two-day rest from March 15th through the end of the season on April 10th. So the season as a whole, there are things to like about it. There are things not to, but perhaps just kind of in the middle of the road with some of these things. We, we went through some of the big months. I think you have to take uh, care of October. October is there for you to be set up well. Right at the start of the season, again, if you get a couple of wins against Miami, that would be huge. Already, in the month of October, getting a couple of month, uh, wins against Miami, that would be big. You have a couple of games against Chicago, certainly the inferior team to what the Charlotte Hornets have talent-wise. So if you can take care of a couple of games against Chicago, a couple of games against Miami, that would bow well. You also have that game at Orlando. You would think talent-wise, the inferior team there. So if you'd win all the games that you're supposed to and possibly win those games against Miami that did not get any better this offseason, a lot of people have them going down. I'm a little bit more skeptical of them just forgetting how to play basketball because Eric Spolstra is the head coach, and I do think he's one of the best head coaches in the league. So I'm a little bit more skeptical on that than a lot of people. But if you can win a couple of games against the Heat, one on the road, one at home, that would be huge for them. The other games they have on the road, or excuse me, the other games they have in October is against Philadelphia, again, the opener against Milwaukee, and at Toronto. So a couple of games that are tough, but nothing that looks too rigorous as far as, far as that month goes. January, the other one to take note of, the six-game West Coast road trip that they have, they don't play an Eastern Conference team until January 20th on that month. So that might be a tough, a tough month to look at. And then the March to April transition, there's going to be not a whole lot of rest for them. So those are the three things I think you want to point out when looking at the schedule. Maybe some other things as well. But again, those are the uh, first few things I think I take notice of when you look at it all in its entirety. One person that's not going to be part of the Charlotte Hornets schedule this season, at least helping them on their side, is going to be Dwight Howard. And Dwight Howard, his trainer had some interesting comments. So Dwight's trainer, Justin Zormello, told Candace Buckner of the Washington Post that, quote, Dwight wants to evolve into Anthony Davis, into Kevin Durant, but maybe his own version of that. <laughs> it's, look, we know about Dwight Howard here in Charlotte. There are some Dwight fans. There are some Dwight haters. I liked the trade for Dwight at the time. I was a fan of it, of him coming here to the Charlotte Hornets. I do that trade every single time. You get rid of Miles Plumlee's contract. We've talked about the parameters of that trade a lot. I do it every single time. But the fact of the matter is that Dwight Howard just didn't make this team all that much better. 36 wins the season before, 36 wins afterwards. The overall team defense, it got worse, and the offense maybe would put up some points, but efficiency-wise, Dwight Howard just holding that ball in the paint, it just doesn't adhere to the way that the NBA is played today. And so Dwight, knowing that apparently, wants to evolve into Anthony Davis or a Kevin Durant, but that's so blasphemous for him to say. Dwight doesn't have any moves on the perimeter. What is his own version of that? We all saw Dwight take awful shots from the elbow that makes you want to strangle yourself. The 18-foot jump shot clank off the side of the rim, I think we could all do without. And for him to say he wants to be Anthony Davis or Kevin Durant is all fine, 
But I think we all would like to be some outlandish thing that just isn't going to happen. What's your own ver- what is a a own what is a Kevin Durant version of Dwight Howard or vice versa? I have no clue what that even looks like. Dwight's going to get his cookies taken so hard on the perimeter. I mean, he's not going to be able to cross anybody up out there. He can't defend out there like an Anthony Davis or a Kevin Durant. And those guys are so far and away superior to Dwight Howard on the perimeter. And just the way that this game is played the the way it is today, I don't know how Dwight can do anything to implement the style that Anthony Davis or Kevin Durant puts out there in an NBA uniform. I was talking with the Locked On Wizards guys. And Arthur Renault was happy to get Dwight. And there wasn't anything crazy him bringing down the locker room in some crazy, boisterous way. But, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that you get with Dwight. You're going to want to go out there and tackle him as soon as he even thinks about shooting a three-pointer next season. Even a couple of feet in, you're going to want to do it. We figured it out here in Charlotte, at least with those kinds of shots. Like there, there was a lot of good things that Dwight did. He had a, a lot of 30-point games, I believe, in the month of March or so. He had the 30-for-30 30 30 moment, 30-for-30, 30-and-30 30, 30 moment for the Charlotte Hornets where he had 30 points and 30 rebounds, and that hadn't been done since Kevin Love. That was a great moment in a really lackluster season. There were some good things Dwight did, but just the way that he plays, it just does not adhere to the modern game, and that's nothing new to anybody else other than the man himself, Dwight Howard. So we'll see if he can implement any kind of new skills to his game, but it's hard to believe in that when you've seen him play the way he has and been dominant with the way he has at, at one point in time in Orlando. But again, just not the case as it stands right now. All right, thanks for listening to us here on the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search Locked On Hornets. Hopefully we get Doug and Nada back on Thursday. No best Hornet, no best beer today. Again, I don't like doing that without the guys. I want all the criticism Nada has to give me. I want all the critiques that Doug has to give me, as well as we want to hear his beer. Also, no Matt Geiger fact of the day. That's all Doug's, baby. That's all Doug. So we want to hear that again on Thursday. Hopefully they join us, and hopefully you join us. Thanks if you did join us here on a Tuesday. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.